Hello everyone and welcome to Medicine Avenue, the podcast series that's proudly brought to you by Advertising Health. My name is Tim Jones and I'll be your host and if my accent wasn't unbearable enough, we'll also be joined by Australia's very own version of Don Draper. That's right, it's the medically trained Twitter ad man at Dr. Draper. In the following episodes, we'll be chatting with some of healthcare's top minds about all things advertising, awards, creativity and just about everything else. Today, we are joined by Jonathan Isaacs, Chief Creative Officer at TBWA World Health in New York. Jonathan was part of the Health and Wellness Jury at the London International Awards and is no stranger to the judging circuit. We'll be chatting to him about his time in Vegas, the standard of the work in the industry, and what we can all learn from Madonna. Hello, Jonathan, and welcome to the show, the first ever episode of Medicine Avenue. Uh, on the line, we have Ryan Warman, aka Dr. Draper, who's just dialed in. Uh, I think it's about 3 a.m. in Australia, so apologies if Ryan sounds a little bit groggy, uh, and myself too. This is my first podcast. Um, so anyway, I'll jump straight in. Um, first question of the day, it's a big one. Uh, after judging at LIA in Vegas, what do you think about the current state of the healthcare advertising industry? I think one interesting thing that's going on is like, and I think we all know this, but I think maybe now it's it's coming to life more than ever is like, you know, th- there is real power to change the world in health, right? Like, like, like nothing is ultimately more important than, you know, people being able to thrive and, and making sure that people, you know, are unlocking their potential and stuff like that, or just even just having a basic quality of life. And I think, you know, some of the the most awarded things, right, like we saw, you know, health taken to a level and, and, you know, where it's like, wow, it's making a huge social impact. So so that, you know, I, I, I found a lot of I took a lot of heart in that as opposed to, you know, just I think in the past, again, it's just a lot of like, you know, product advertising and things like that. I think here we really saw how health could, you know, change the world in ways that may, maybe, you know, no other technology or, 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 you know, a product could. So I, you know, I, 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 again, I, I, that, that made me, that made me happy. Do you think there's, um, you know, do you think that there's a trend for ideas that have a higher sense of purpose? You know, I think, I think for a long time in health, people were having trouble delineating between hard work and good work, you know, like, because, because people would put so much, you know, healthcare is a harsh mistress, right? So when, you know, people put so much blood and sweat into their work that, you know, I think at the end of it, you know, the, the, I, I, you know, I think, I think they often, they want to feel like they accomplished something and that maybe doesn't make them as objective about the work as they could be. But I think at least this year, um, you know, that I think the level of entries was generally a higher grade. There wasn't like, you know, a reaping where like, you know, 90% of it got tossed out in three seconds. Like I think overall the, the work was better. So I, I just took that as a sign that it may, it may not be great for the award shows, right? Because they don't get as many entries per se. <laughs> but, you know, I felt like at least people were taking a little more time to be like, is this really award worthy? Or, you know, am I just trying to like make myself feel better about my job? 
ultimately, what was your favorite piece of work that you saw um, whilst judging? And and just give us some reasons why. Uh, man, um, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> you know, I I definitely like the um, I forget what it was called, but the uh, the Braille reader. The you know, I thought that was a, a really smart idea. That that you know, the ability to take in you know audio uh from from any text and and be able and that that could turn it into um actual braille like spontaneously i, I thought was mm. a really powerful piece of technology and a smart i mean again it wasn't it obviously built on innovations from the past but but i think it it like took it to the next level and, and that was that was a really great way to do it um god i'm trying to remember what was your favorite tell me <laughs> remind me of some of the work <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's interesting because there's obviously there's been an influx of, you know, really, really life-changing stuff. My favorite piece, though, as a sort of selfish creative was uh, Bodybuilder for Dove. Oh, yeah. On that first date, it showed a bodybuilder interrupting a dinner date and using the oil from the guy's forehead to oil himself up very awkwardly. Um, very funny. I think the line was something like, don't let oily skin steal the moment. That was great. And actually, I mean, it's, it's a great point. Like, I mean, it really shows you, right? Like, I'm sure that wasn't a particularly interesting brief, right? But the the, the creatives, I mean, again, it's it's a pretty typical, like, package goods kind of situation. But w- the way they chose to bring it to life, right, was hilarious. And you know, and they, they went all in with it. I mean, also kudos to the clients, right? Like they, they obviously backed it and let it go, but like they, they went all in on, on a totally batshit crazy kind of idea and it, it, it worked. Like it's, it's super memorable. It got the point across, like it does everything you want, you know, yeah. like a, a typical spot to do, but they turned it upside down and it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty fantastic. Um, could I just, <laughs> um, tap into that? So that's an interesting point, I think, because, I found I was at uh, Cannes about three years ago, and I found very much that there was kind of that you know that really earnest theme throughout the whole festival. Um, and so whenever, whenever there was anything that was a bit more lighthearted, it kind of really stood out. Um, you know, I think I think there's really a place for humour, particularly in healthcare, um, and I think it's a bit kind of underused. What What are your thoughts on that, Jonathan? Uh, yeah, I. I agree. You know, like everyone, right. They tend to be like, all right, this is, this is a serious issue. And, and obviously like, you know, a, a lot of times it is high stakes, but yeah, I, I agree. Like humor is, you know, laughter is, is an incredibly powerful human emotion, right. Right up there with, with love and anger and, and all the other ones. So like the idea of like, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think it's, we, we can't be judgmental about like what there, there's no one way to do anything. Right. And like, and it all comes down to how you execute it and, and what the story is. Right. Like if it's, if it's, a, if you find a brilliant way to do it and it involves humor, fantastic. You know, like we shouldn't be yeah. predetermining. Right. Like I, cause I, right. Like I think I, cause I, I agree with you. I think that kind of happens a lot, right. There's a lot of self editing and there are just places where people don't even begin to mine ideas. Cause they're like, Oh, like there's no, place for that here yeah, and yeah. i think like there there are no bad stories right they're just bad storytellers he, you can make anything work it's just it's how you it's how you do it um so mm. yeah I, I i agree and yeah i mean health health again can be a little self or a lot self-reverential 
about like mm. the importance and everything. And it, it is an important subject, but like that doesn't mean that you can't talk about it in a way where it's like it's both educational, but also like highly entertaining, especially now. Right. Like we're we're, we're all about, you know, we're in this attention economy. Right. Where it's like, how do you how do you grab people's attention when they're being screamed at from like 900 different places and, you know, different, you know, they're holding five different screens and stuff like that. It's like, how do you get through? So, yeah, doing something unexpected, possibly humor like, you know, that's just smart. Yep, I agree. Yep. I mean, speaking of humor, we should probably also acknowledge that radio campaign for Dexcom G6, the, the, the prick one, <laughs> by McCann Birmingham. Have a listen. On October 11th, 2017, after returning from a package holiday in Thailand, at Ryan and Susie Global Travelers wrote, Throwback to that time we met a dolphin in Koh Samui. Hashtag travel. Hashtag wanderers. Hashtag fearless explorers. Hashtag intoxicated by travel. Hashtag love. Hashtag dolphin. Hashtag animal lover. Hashtag blowhole. Hashtag love is everything. Hashtag get your beach on. Hashtag sand. Hashtag couples that travel. Hashtag pick of the day. Hashtag beach bod. Hashtag hotties. Hashtag I love Ryan. Hashtag I love Susie. Hashtag eternal. Hashtag love our life together. The world is already full of pricks, so we made a glucose monitoring system for diabetics that doesn't have any. The Dexcom G6. No needles, no pricks. That probably was my favorite, especially because, again, it just shows you the, you know, like making the best use of your medium. Because I don't think that idea would have been nearly as good as a TV spot. I think what made it so good was the fact that they wove this great oral story you know, and then and then the surprise ending, like it, it. I just think it was more impactful just listening and being like, "Where is this going?" As opposed to, I think if you if you actually saw it happening, it would have looked over the top and maybe heavy. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, I don't know that it would have had the same payoff on TV because it's just it was it was just such a great little story to listen to. Mm. Yeah, I think I, yeah. I think it was John Hegarty recently said something about the you know lamenting that disassociation between creative and media um, and that's probably a good example you know Alrighty, let's talk a bit more about the judging process um, Jonathan for all of our listeners out there um, all three of them um, if they were to be a fly on the wall inside the jury room what sort of conversations would they be hearing and um, you know what goes down in a jury room well, we, I mean, we, we, uh, at least I felt like we, we were very lucky. I think we had a really thoughtful, smart, respectful, and, and, and just fun, hilarious jury. Um, you know, so I think everyone, everyone just seemed to really get along and, you know, everyone had time to speak. Cause I mean, you know, sometimes you can be on juries and, you know, somebody can take over the room or people have agendas and stuff like that. And I, I felt, yeah. I felt generally everyone was very open to discussing things. No, nobody really, you know, seemed to be pushing for anything in particular. It was more just about like letting the work come to us and, and talking about it, you know? And I mean, you know, I, I just think it's, it was just, it's a great experience because, you know, you know, as creative directors, right. We're sort of, 
what, what sort of ruling our roost? You know, like we, we live a little bit in an echo chamber where there's not a lot of other people that we can listen to in the day to day of our job. So it's like it's kind of our job to guide everybody like we are we are the judge jury and executioner in our in our uh, in our respective uh, agencies but yeah. to be able to come together and really sort of listen to other people and be like you know like oh i know i i i didn't i don't think of it that way or like you know yeah. like that's yeah. a really interesting point of view like it's it's just it's it's a very refreshing thing and and to be able to sort of unburden yourself and be like i don't have to make the decision i can say what i want to say but like let's see where it goes so yeah exactly i i, I found that so fascinating you know just to sort of sidetrack quickly is um you, you see a piece of work and obviously you get you get a response you know as a as a as a juror but the best part is when you hear other people advocating reasons for or against that idea and you think to yourself that was really well put, you know, yeah, I didn't think about that cuts right to the core of what the issue is. And it's amazing how quickly you can change your, your, your decision almost, you know, just change your mind just, just on the basis of a really concise point. And I think that's, that's where you really open your mind. You know, I, I, was, I was chatting to Ali Capon yesterday and he said the best, the best thing about being on a jury is it's almost like a creative director training camp, you know, and it's so true. You know, you leave just a, a much better understanding of how people analyze creative. Yeah, totally. And, and I think it's like, you know, I, I think, I think it comes down to respect because it's like, again, like we're sort of paid, right. It's our job, the ultimate arbiter of, you know, what's good, what's bad, what, you know, the, the way to do things. I mean, obviously we listen to other people and we're collaborative or, well, I'm not cause I'm a tyrant, but other people supposedly do. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's like, but in the jury room, you are suddenly surrounded by people theoretically, right? That you're like, wow, these people are at the top of their game, like that they run, you know, successful agencies. So like suddenly you, you have other points of view that like, I think you give much more weight to than maybe you might, right? Like if, if you're like, you know, at your job, cause I just think inherently it's, it's sort of, it's incumbent upon you to like, you have to make the final decision and here you don't. Or you, I mean, you can, but like, you know, you're sort of like, okay, yeah, like let's let's let this other person sort of, you know, like guide the discussion. So I, I just, I just think it's really interesting. Some people say that healthcare juries have become too tough on the work. Well, what do you think? You know, I mean, I, I think it's a matter of context, right? And, and where your, you know, where where your your head is at, like, you know, like like the, you know, the what you just said about the, the bodybuilder ad, right? Like when we gave it a bronze, I think we were looking at it like overall, like I forget what category it was entered in. Right. But it wasn't, I don't think it was a craft category. I think it was just like a more general category. Yeah. Like, like I feel like we, we were awarding it based on like just the overall sort of impact of it versus like, you know, in a more specific category, like, you know, you, you might be awarding it for, for more of the, the craft aspect of it. Um, you know, it's the same, the, the same with, you know, and, and I'm sure there's also a, you know, there's award fatigue, right? Like we, we see that all the time where it's like, if something's entered 9 million times or you've seen it, yeah. you know, like, God, you know, is, award shows yeah. and stuff like that. Like, I think That's at some point, problem. right. Like, even though it's obviously the exact same piece of work that maybe you loved three award shows ago, now you're like, I can't fucking deal with this anymore. 
<laughs> it's almost like, um, you know, it becomes a bit of an insult. You know, it's like, what's that saying that the, the guy who, who went to the first exhibition of um, Impressionism and, you know, the art critic, and he famously said uh, it felt like a, a joke without a punchline um, told over and over again and until so it started to sound like a threat. <laughs> and I think that it's kind of the same sort of gist that you get when you, when you have a, a piece of work which, you know, just entered into a million fucking categories, um, you know, you've got to be sort of sparing with it, you know, because that quantity makes, just makes it feel cheap, you know, whereas if you enter it sparingly, um, I think it really adds value to the idea. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And to, to, to any agencies listening out there, yeah, I think, I think like you, you can't be sloppy and lazy. Like you need an awards entry strategy. Like, you shouldn't be carpet bombing a single award show, right? Like with like, I'll just enter it in 9 million categories and like see how much stuff we can rack up. And you definitely also shouldn't be entering, you know, like in, in every award show there is, right? Cause then there's that sense of like, all right, you're, you're not about like, we're proud of this piece of work and you know, we, we, we would love you to consider it. Then it becomes like, yeah, we're award whores. <laughs> and we just, we, we, we just want to like fill a dump truck filled with like hardware and drive it around. I mean, it's like, yeah. right. It becomes, it becomes totally like a self aggrandizing narcissistic play. And yeah, I think the juries at some point, they're like, fuck you. <laughs> like we, you know, like this isn't, this is about creativity uh-huh. anymore, right? This is about all the yeah. shit you want to put on your mantle. So I mean, on, on that point, is it is it difficult sometimes to be objective um, in the jury room? You know, if you if you have seen things before, if you've been exposed to them, um, you know, just in general before the awards, do, do you find it difficult to to sit back and look at it objectively? You know, I mean, I, again, I think if everything is done in good faith, then yeah, I mean, I, I think you should be able to do that. I mean, I, I don't go. I certainly don't go in with an agenda or anything, but you know, like I do, I I do certainly look for patterns and things of like, I mean, again, you can, you can, you know, the stuff we just talked about, like I I would, you know, I would definitely penalize an agency and their work. If like, if I see them, you know, again, just like, you know, indiscriminately entering in like all these different categories and stuff like that. Or like you see like every single award show, they're just like all over the place, yeah. you know? Cause like, again, I just think it's, it's disrespectful to the juries, right? Cause it, cause it's just like, yeah, you know, like here, we went over here. Can you please give us some more stuff? I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like those kids on Halloween where it's just like where people leave the ball out and you know you're supposed to take one piece of candy and they fucking take like seven handfuls or like dump the bowl into their bag and run. <laughs> That's such a good analogy. Perfect is, to, to all the agencies listening, that is exactly what you do not want. To right, don't, don't be, be that kid. Don't be that fucking kid. Yeah. <laughs> leave some candy for the rest of us, right. okay? That's right. <laughs> What's the best part about being in, in, in any uh, advertising jury? Interesting. Um, I mean, for me, the, the best part is, is honestly, like, getting to hang out with people like you. Like, you know, we, we don't, I don't, I don't get to, I don't get to see you very often, right? Like, so, like, I, th- I think being able to spend some quality time in, in a really, uh, you know, dynamic environment where you're, you're all, we're all talking about 
you know, the work and what makes great work and everything. I, I think it, it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a great experience and it's a, it's a rare experience. We don't get that often, right? You, you get, you're surrounded by, you know, talented people in your agencies, but, but again, like, you know, being able to really like, it's, it's a, to be immersed you know, from around, you know, in, with people that like are, are taking it from a lot of different points of views, represent a lot of different networks, a lot of different types of agencies and things. I think that that's, that's pretty tremendous. Um, you know, and I, I always appreciate those moments. Um, you know, and then, I mean, it's also a snapshot of like what's going on out in the world. I mean, if you really want to know like how, you know, what agencies are thinking or like how, you know, how work is being perceived. I mean, like there's no better opportunity than to spend a couple of hours yeah. or a couple of days with, with yeah. people and, and talk about it. Right. Like you definitely walk away yeah. with a very clear perspective of what's going on. I mean, I think it, it gives you a, a really good sense of like, you know, if, if you're doing things, if you're pushing initiatives back home, right. Like you be in those jury rooms and I think you start to have a sense of like, Oh, I think I'm really onto something, you know, or, you know what, or you know what, I was kind of thinking this, but actually these guys have kind of spun my head around and now I'm sort of thinking this or, you know, or uh, wow, I never thought of that. Like, I'm actually going to steal that and, and bring it back. Right. Like it's, 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 it's just a really fertile area to like, you know, beta test a couple of you know theories and philosophies and things. And what's the worst part? <laughs> I, 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 I honestly, I enjoy I enjoy them. So like to, to me, there's, there's not too much of a downside. Maybe it's just like waking up with a hangover. Um, having, having a good judge after going, going out with your fellow, your fellow jurors. Um, and then limo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Taking a limo out to the desert. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Hey, we don't talk yeah, about that on right. here. Okay? Right. I forgot that. Um, now, honestly, yeah, yeah. I, I think, well, I, I think generally the worst is something that well, I didn't experience with us in the Leas, which again, like I think at times you can be in jury rooms where there's clearly a lot of political shit going on or somebody tries to like yeah. push an agenda. I think that stuff is, you know, is pretty irritating. And then, and then like it, it sort of negates the whole reason you're in the room, right? Like you're supposed to be there to objectively you know, judge work, but then it becomes about everything except that, right? It's about like, oh, you know, somebody's trying to jockey for something or, you know, it's it's just about personal agendas, um, you know, so 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 that can get kind of ugly and, and it's random, right? Like you don't know what jury, like any jury, right? Like you don't, you don't know, you don't know who you're going to end up with and, and like how, how people are going to act together. So I think, you know, when you're, when you're in a, a good jury, like it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I, I definitely deeply appreciate. All right, cool. Let's start word from awards for a bit. Um, what does the average day for Jonathan Isaacs look like? First 20 minutes of, uh, <laughs> saving private Ryan. <laughs> there's, Brilliant. There's, you know, Brilliant. a lot of screaming, running around, <laughs> people calling for their mommies. <laughs> Is that before? Is that before you even got up to the office? So that's just outside. That's just you causing that's chaos. Right. <laughs> me in the fetal position outside the building, like sobbing quietly to myself. Um, yeah, I mean, but honestly, like that—that that was somewhat indicative of like my day. It's like you know, and as I'm sure as it is with you, like it's very rare that you really get to focus on something for any 
significant amount of time. So like a lot of what I do is like, I, I have to sort of bounce, like, you know, it's just triage, you know, like I, I bounce, I, I sort of see all the, all the things that are going on. Right. And then like, I sort of have to prioritize, you know, what's the most important and where I can make, I mean, a lot of it is like where I can make the biggest impact. That's, that's kind of how I, I float. I'm like, what's most important and where can I make the biggest impact? Cause like, otherwise you, you just, you know, everything's sort of important, right? Everything's urgent. So it's like, you know, otherwise you, you become paralyzed or, or you like, you know, you, you, you jump in, you know, you jump into a hundred things for five minutes, like nothing gets done. So you got to kind of like, just cut your losses a little bit and be like, all right, this one, this one needs my help. But like, you know, if I don't get to it right now, it won't be the end of the world. Whereas like, you know, okay, this thing, like, if I don't like jump on this right now, like it's, it's going to be bad. So, you know, I mean, I, I think that's what I generally try to do. It's just try to make an impact and then, and then be okay with, you're not going to get to everything, right? Like some things are going to slip through the net, right? Like as, as craftsmen, we all want to make sure that everything is up to, you know, the highest standards and, and it's all amazing and everything gets the love and attention that it deserves, but you, you can't do that. So you uh, like, you know, you have to be okay with being like, you know, I'm going to make sure that these things like really meet the challenge because they'll be the most high profile or they'll make the best case studies or they'll do the most for the agency and for the brand. If, you know, we get them done right. And then these other things, it's like, yes, they're, they're important, but like, you know, if they, if they, if they could have been better, but I just didn't have the time for it. It's like, you know, you just gotta be like, all right, well, <laughs> I did the best I could, you know, cause other, otherwise like your head will explode. Said it to be the most important traits um, for creative director in healthcare specifically. I, I think I think you have to have an unreasonable, you know, belief in yourself, right? Like I, I think I think you have to like you you have to believe that you know you're going to make things better, and and I think you have to be incredibly resilient, you know, um, because again, especially in health like getting ideas through the gauntlet is incredibly difficult. Um, you know, so you have to constantly, you know, the, the, the price of democracy, right. Is eternal vigilance. Like you, you have to, you, you have to constantly be guarding it, you know, protecting it, getting things through like, you know, and, and you're going to get knocked down a lot, but you have to just like dust yourself off and keep going. Right. Like you're going to be told no, 99 times right you're gonna be like everything's like it yeah. can't be done yeah. this isn't right yeah the client says this say that. right like but you have to just like never take that you know no for an answer and then you know at some point you'll lift your head up and you're like oh my god we got it through but 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 you 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 have to be relentless about it because if you if you stop if you give up you know it's dead everything is is about protecting that idea you know, and, and in healthcare particularly, you've got an, you know, a lot of people who don't understand the creative side of it um, or the solution that you come up with. And you've got to, you know, they're fighting against it or they sort of, you know, death by a thousand cuts. You get little amends which actually take away the whole idea. Um, and you know, what, what you've left with at the end is, is not necessarily what you were hoping for in the beginning. And 
the, the most important thing, you know, for creative is to creative directors just to protect that and protect the team as well, you know, because it's, it's, it can be brutal, man. Healthcare can be absolutely brutal, you know. That's why award shows, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's just awards. But I'll tell you what, if you've got work through um, and it's good, that deserves celebration, you know what I mean? Oh, with, with, without a doubt. And that's, again, that's why I think you have to have an audacity to, to believe that, like, you have that power. That like you, you and you alone can make this happen. Like you, you have to kind of believe yeah. that because if you don't believe it, like you'll just be like, all right, then what the fuck am I doing? And, and you'll just like, and you give up. Like you, you just, you have to believe that it will happen. And thought that, um, I think, t- you know, touching on what you just talked about there, Jonathan, that the fact that in healthcare, um, a lot of a lot of people have come from a scientific background, you know, particularly our clients um, are scientifically minded. And I and I do you think it's true that that makes it more difficult to to get through um, creative ideas and and kind of ideas that don't necessarily have kind of a logical basis, if you like, or a scientific basis? Because I mean that, that's sort of one of the things that I sense happens. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I mean, look, there there is no doubt. You know, health is whatever the most highly regulated industry in the world. Okay. So there's, there's no doubt that there's, there's a lot of restrictions and and, and barriers, but like, you know, I I don't think, I I think agencies and creatives are too quick to throw themselves a pity party. You know, it's like, (laughs) I I mean, cause it, cause it's just like, I mean, to me, it's like, look, it it is not our clients jobs to, to know good work. It's like our job to charm them into a higher sense of enlightenment so it's like, and that, and that's not just a, a creative's job. Like, I think it's the entire agency's job. It's the account's job. It, everybody who touches the work should be working as hard as they can to protect it and find ways to, to get it through and, and to make the client see, like, ultimately, if you can make the client see that what you're doing is the right thing to do for their brand, then they will more often than not do it. I think the problem has been that a, a lot of the folks who, from the agency aren't really focused on that mission. I think they're focused on, you know, making the clients happy or checking things off a list or, you know, or, or, you know, just giving up or feeling beaten down or whatever. But like, I think, you know, if you're really focused on partnering with the clients, even partnering, you know, with the review committees and showing them that you're hearing them and you understand and, you know, and like, and you, but you have evidence you know, and, and whether that be research or, or however you want to do it to be like, listen, like, we're not making this up. Like, the, this is the right thing to do. And here's why. Like, mm. you can mm. get good work through, you know, but like, it, it, it's incredibly, right? It's, it's relentless. I mean, it goes back to, you know, what we were just talking about, like, you, you have to just constantly be showing them, you know, but like, if they trust you, then you know, they will take some risks, even even if they don't really understand where you're coming from. If they're like, all right, I know this, though. I know that these people would not bring this to me if it wasn't the right thing to do. And I know that they have my brand's best interest at heart. Then then I think you, you can do better work. You know, the other thing which I think is really interesting is like, you know, again, people point to the regulations and, and all this stuff and they're like, oh, well, this is why you, it's like the game is rigged. You, you can't do good work. But yeah. I, I'm kind of like, 
do you know do you know how a, a plane takes off a plane a plane takes off into the wind okay so like you know it's like it's the thing that create by pushing into the thing that creates resistance it actually enables you to take flight okay like i i i love i, I love that metaphor because i think it's exactly what we need to be doing in health like we tend i think when things go wrong it's because the resistance just pushes washes over us and and the and the and the agency just like gives up but but i think if you find really smart ways to push into the resistance to use it to leverage it to like find ways to you know use it to your advantage then your work will take flight you just have to find those ways to make it happen you know and 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 oftentimes like it's the absence of limitations that creates terrible work there's so much bad consumer advertising out there like we we forget right because we're so focused oh, on health but like the vast majority of consumer advertising is garbage right but like <laughs> and they, they don't have nearly the restrictions we do right but like i think it's because there's no tension there's no they're like well, what's the story like like consumer advertising right they have to constantly make up reasons why you should give a shit why drink this beer mm-hmm. why buy this car why care about this why care about that right so like you know, at the, the highest forms of that, you know, they do amazing storytelling and create like, you know, loyalty beyond reason. But like for, you know, for most of it, it's like it's a total waste of time, you know. So I actually think that our the, the inherent tensions in health can actually create better stories. It's just you need to find you need to find them and you need to leverage them and then you need to like, you know, prove them out. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. I think you know, it's a. I think it's been a bit of a debate in healthcare about whether those regulatory constraints, in particular, can can kind of um, uh, encourage creativity in some ways because because you know, we need to we need to work through that tension. Um, and so, so I think that's I think that's really interesting. You know, the the other thing too is like I think I think our ace in the hole is like the only the only stories that endure throughout history are, are, are always about like the, the triumph of the like human spirit, right? Like whether you're talking about like, you know, Achilles in the Trojan war all the way to like, you know, Katniss Everdeen running through a scary forest, right? It's always, it's always about a person who's up against like insurmountable odds who manages to overcome, right. And, and triumph. And it's like, that is the story of health, right? There's no bigger enemy. There's no bigger challenge than, illness or or you know some you know some condition right it's like it's always a person up against some you know colossal monstrous situation and it's like if we find great ways to tell those stories those stories will endure like we have it's in every single health story it's right there we just have to find great ways to tell it most brands they don't have a story it's like it doesn't matter Mm. they have to make you care the caring's baked into our stories. It's like we just have to avoid, you know, making them seem simplistic or stupid or like, you know, making some horrendous, you know, metaphor or something, you know, or strapping a laser beam to a shark, you know, or, or whatever. You know, it's like, oh, like, tell oh, a great story. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to have to cancel. You're like, oh, wait, I got to make a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just give me a sec, guys. I seem to be. <laughs> 
Cancel the thoughts. <laughs> Note to self, no shark laser beam. <laughs> uh, I'm taking a completely different tack. Um, who would you consider to kind of be your greatest um, influences, Jonathan, professional influences? Uh, interesting. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's funny. Like I don't, I don't tend to look in the industry for people like, I mean, there are obviously some talented people and I, you know, have a lot of respect. Um, but, but I, I tend to drift outside as much as possible because I, you know, like I find like that's where the most interesting ideas are going on. And like that, those are the places to draft. So like, I, I like, you know, I admire, I admire people who have managed to like reinvent themselves and make themselves relevant over and over again. Cause I think that's a lot of what we constantly have to do, right? We have to adapt. We have to overcome. We have to evolve. Like things are changing so quickly. Like even if you kind of hit on something, you know, it'll be gold for a week. Right. But then it quickly, right. The, the, it, it quickly turns to lead and you've got to move on to the next thing. So, you know, like I, I just, I, I always admire people who have had a lot of longevity and, and multiple, multiple lives. Like, I mean, it could be anyone like, from madonna right who like started madonna's about well, but, like right she like starts as like a you know a sugar-coated like sort of pop queen but then but you know but then she gets into like elect you know electronica and like you know avant-garde sex and all this stuff like like she she somehow through the decades like like managed to like constantly change herself up and be ahead of the curve or, or like you know obviously people like um you know like Amazon, you know, like Jeff Bezos at Amazon. I mean, my God, look, look at that company, right? Like it's become like 900 different companies, right? But it started, right? It's like, oh, it's, oh, I see. It's just going to be an online bookseller, right? But it's just like, <laughs> like he, he created a platform where he's just like constantly pivoting. And his business model is all about like, we will, like, we're going to know you so well that we're going to like be able to like predict what you want before you want it. So like, I, I, I think that's kind of amazing. So people who just seem to always be, be ahead, like, like, you know, like, I mean, they're, you know, le- leaders can sort of, can sort of, um, you know, they can see what's next, but like true visionaries, right? Like they see around corners. So I, I just, I, I always admire and, and am inspired by people who are just like, my God, that they're so, they, they see things that nobody else sees. Um, you know, that, that's really where I get a lot of my inspiration from. Yeah, that's interesting. I, mean, I think I think it's probably true for a lot of creative people that the inspirations are from outside um, the industry, and that's probably um, crucial, really. So, yeah, interesting yeah. to hear. And One Direction. One Direction really inspires me. One, I was just going to say, what about, what about One B? <laughs> uh, well, well, Jonathan, you, you are uh, my inspiration today. Thank you very much. Yeah, really, really fascinating awesome. talk. So awesome. thank you so much. Thank you for making it. All right. That's it. You made it to the end. We hope you enjoyed the first episode of Medicine Avenue, proudly brought to you by Advertising Health. If you did, then please share it with those who you think could find inspiration from our guests, your colleagues, your mother, whoever, um, or better yet, subscribe. We've got loads of amazing guests lined up for the future. So from Ryan and myself, it's cheers for now. We'll see you soon.